We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. He's got it! DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor, touchdown. Hello and welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined by Sean Siegel. Sean, we are really going at full speed through this season, but um, this week, we, we mentioned the last two weeks being unusual, uh, odd. This week was uh, more of our style, I guess, in terms of how things went. A really fast-paced and enjoyable week, our players got off to strong starts, Um most of them continue to have strong starts, finishing with Debo Samuel having a, a strong finish then to to the week for us, in particular on some of our OT teams, in particular the main event uh, team, which is now surging. It's uh, I think we're into the top 125 teams there at a 8-2. So th- things looking good, Sean. Um, teams starting to really push on. Even teams with slow starts are starting to look like they might uh, sneak their way into the playoffs here towards the end. So week 10 was was pretty good it was it was this was uh, this week was a lot of fun you mentioned the samuel and capper i mean everything was really pretty well set before that game and then to get those extra points because in some of these situations total points are going to come into play in a potentially big way and so we're always trying to to get those last bits you had uh messaged me on friday uh Mike Kosicki, one of our sort of main <laughs> tight ends, when he puts up that zero to start the week, you're feeling like, man, we're, we're playing from behind. But fortunately, that was was one of the few elements there. It, you know, we talk sometimes, Colin, about how when you look in at your scores and you feel like everything has gone poorly, and then you're a little bit surprised to find out, well, the team's doing okay, that it would be sort of weird kicker and defense points that kind of rounded things out. Sometimes when you feel like you're having a great week and then you look and you know, maybe the scores again are just okay. You see that the kicker and defense, I didn't score as many kicker and defensive points this week as as normal. So that sort of mitigated a little bit of, of the upside there. 
But yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. And, and I'm sure that you noticed that our OT specific FBG team that was the extreme zero RB build with Travis Kelsey in the first round. And I think a, a running back, not until the double digit rounds, uh, it pulled into a playoff spot with a big week this week. It wasn't even a team that I necessarily was tracking that closely because it was sort of middle of the pack and then came roaring up with a big week this week. Uh, Colin, it's, uh, it's an interesting time with players consistently going down, other players emerging. You need to have those deep teams. You need to have players on your bench who have some upside if things break the right way because you're likely going to have some things break against you. And then we have players coming back who, if you somehow manage to stay in it now, we've got quite a number of Saquon Barkley teams that are right there. And now if Barkley comes back this week and actually makes an impact, which is you know sort of a, a separate thing. I mean, he's, he's actually has score some points, but that could be pretty exciting. I've mentioned the team that Blair and I drafted in the main event that we sort of felt like was a, an all-time great type of potential team. Uh, that team finally has McCaffrey back. This week he was finally scoring. It has A.J. Dillon. It has Ramondre Stevenson. It has five elite wide receivers. We can't get all of those points into the lineup. And then at the same time, the tight end put up a zero. The defense put up a one. We scored 180 plus, but we've got a lot of work to do still to climb back in in the next two weeks. I think we need at least 180 plus average over these two weeks to get back because we were so buried. Obviously, Dylan and Stevens are not scoring a lot of points until this week. Jerry Judy out. Uh, Ron Gronkowski was our tight end, so we've been getting no tight end points. You know, it's just a crazy season because there are all kinds of stories like that, different teams, different constructions where, you know, you could have a team that has an easy 200-point upside that is not even in the playoff spot and actually has some work to do. And so teams that are in first are excited, but they've got to continue to kind of balance out and prepare their team for the playoffs. And they also have to be looking behind them because we have these McCaffrey teams, the Barkley teams you know, coming up from behind. You have situations now where maybe some of the Camara managers are in a little bit of trouble. And so, uh, you know, the unfortunate thing we'll talk about in the moment with Aaron Jones, a lot of shakeup, just constant movement in the season, different teams bouncing around. One of the things I've noticed, Colin, and I think that this is pretty unique to 2021. I'd be interested in getting your sense of it. But when I look in at the standings, I'm seeing a lot of teams bunched together. There obviously are teams at the top. You know, there's usually a team that has escaped at least to an extent on points. But with the weirdness of the season, the records are pretty congested. And so certainly not everybody still has a chance, but there are more teams that feel like they're involved and still have a very legitimate shot at the playoffs with two weeks to go in FFPC, five weeks to go or, or four weeks to go in a lot of other contests. 2021 looks wide open. Yeah. The one thing I would say is there's a lot of leagues, um, you know, if you're in that five and five range and even looking at uh, some of my dynasty leagues that I'm involved in, like if you're at, you know, four and five five and five and some of those they're still potentially getting if you you know you talked about that team now it's based on points that we're kind of heading towards the playoffs for that extreme zero rb team in the the football guys championship but it is five and five but you know things are are starting to move in that direction if you are at that point um that and, and looking there was one league i went into where i'm five and five and there's a team at 
nine and one. Um, I haven't seen many kind of nine and one teams this year. So, uh, you know, very, very interesting season. What's going to be interesting is, and I know this is kind of probably we're talking about working out for us, but, you know, Christian McCaffrey's back. So anyone who survived through the weeks without Christian McCaffrey, those teams are going to be in a pretty good shape. Anyone that's getting Saquon back or anyone that took Jonathan Taylor, those teams are going to be in good shape. But there's a lot of teams where the points are going to start to obviously slow down, missing the likes of a Derrick Henry, missing some of those other running backs going um, and, and the first round range and the second round range that things aren't working out for. So it's going to be interesting. The other one is obviously some of the teams have, have kind of survived the bye weeks, I guess we'll say. We talked about week seven, how there were so many players out that week, for example. But it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of those teams, Sean, that are up near the top of the overall standings in a lot of these leagues are Cooper Cup-led teams, for example. He's going to be on bye this coming week. So there might be an opportunity for some people to kind of close that points gap potentially on, on some of those teams. So um, it, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how the, the incoming weeks here do play out. But you did touch on a couple of our teams. The, the Zero RB team uh, is going is going really well. And like you said, it was a team that was kind of on the back burner. I was kind of like, this isn't starting off the way we thought. But now that Kelsey is starting to have some nice weeks, Devontae Smith is coming on, CD Lamb had a big week. Uh, we even started... You know Benjamin and that we went we went full on Cardinals running backs in this uh, with James Connor and Benjamin. We were going to get those running back points one way or the other, but um, things um, playing out well for us there. It will be a continued uh, shuffle at the running back position, but good week there. But the the main event team, Sean, that we mentioned, um, we did put up 165 in that. It was out of reach for like we had it won before Monday Night Football, but seeing Samuel put up those points was was a lot of fun, but. In terms of Gasecki was in that lineup, uh, Daniel Carson for the Raiders, the kicker was in that lineup, had two points, and then the Steelers defense had four points. So between those three spots, we had uh, six points in that roster, but we still managed to put up 165. And big chunk of that coming, by the way, of uh, Ramondre Stevenson. We're not going to talk about him too much on today's show because I know yourself and Ben dived into it on the Stealing Bananas Monday recap show. So anyone that wants to you know have more stevenson love i think we should uh, head on back and listen to that afterwards but really big game from him we had an episode last week where we the the title was is the Ramondre breakout coming and uh, that did come this past week so we'll see how the backfield shakes out there but he's really kind of starting to force himself into uh, more opportunities but uh yeah good to see how the team's going sean let's hope now we can see it out over the next two weeks and we are in with a shot at uh, one in on total points and on record so we'll see how that plays out but yeah fun fun times so far the other player and a number of those rosters and we have talked about him on different occasions and this week i guess we can say it's probably can be classed as his breakout game we have seen glimpses but getting in the end zone twice this week was aj Dillon. obviously unfortunately that the injury occurred to Aaron Jones, but as a Packers fan, kind of dodged a bit of a bullet there where it's going to be relatively short term. So the good news for that is it does mean over those next two weeks where we had him on the bench in that main event team. So we left those 26 points uh, on the bench this week. Um, so we, we, I think we'll be probably slotting him in, but we're going to have an interesting conversation because we have Swift as our main guy there, then Stevenson, uh, then AJ Dillon. But Dillon looks to be going to get at least two weeks here of a full workload starting to get more work in the passing game had that long well short catch but long yards after the catch this past week and 
with the injury um i think it gives a, a real boost to anyone who did draft him because throughout those first kind of six weeks of the season it was looking like uh it might have been a, a busted pick yeah it's it's so tricky here because both of these guys are so good right and a couple of weeks ago one of the articles i mentioned aaron jones total ep so it's expected points based on his touches had dropped from 15.7 fantasy points a game to 14 which I mean, that's a meaningful loss but there was still plenty of room to fall and then the last couple of weeks dylan has really crushed him in, in basically every category now some of that obviously owes to the injury jones suffered in game in week 10 we didn't obviously want that to happen it would have been nice if the packers had been able to find some more high value touches for dylan before this week right I, you mentioned the reception i mean he continues to look like derrick henry or say a poor man's derrick henry but with receiving ability i mean that reception he gets the ball he gets out i can make him a rich man's derrick henry if he's getting that receiving work <laughs> exactly exactly i mean he he looks so dynamic with the ball in his hands and out in space he does a lot of those same things where i mean he's a big guy but and Probably, even though you know, we know his test speed is very good, probably doesn't have quite the straight line speed that Henry has, but he's got better agility. He can make guys miss. He was, you know, dancing around out there on the perimeter. I say dancing, but, but you know, continuing his forward progress, not stopping his feet, not trying to make moves, but just instantly beating guys going forward. The reception was, was pretty crazy, right? And it reinforces this idea that he has the potential to be an above average receiving back to be David Johnson, basically. And David Johnson in 2016. And when you look at that within the context of this offense that needs that type of player, they have Devontae Adams, you know, they've got some shot guys, some people who can make some individual plays and Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez Scantling. But to have that peak David Johnson type of player in there, you know, it just, it really fills out with this offense needs and, and, and what it wants to do. And one of the things that has been interesting is the Packers have been a very sort of high pass play. They're inside the 10. They haven't given a lot of carries inside the five to their backs. Aaron Jones has scored touchdowns on three out of six attempts in that range. Uh, Dylan only came into the game with one, but then you look into this game and early in the fourth quarter, he carries on three consecutive plays starting at the 12 yard line. So gains yards, gains yards, scores from the four, on the final play, the ensuing drive, three carries from inside the four-yard line, scores the third time. So when you have that size, you can make the push. And one of the things that was that was good, not that they necessarily had many options once Jones was out, but Dylan was actually stopped on a couple of third and short plays early in this game. They continued to go back to him. He carried the team, right? Both of these teams are really having trouble scoring in this game. Aaron Rodgers didn't look good. I kind of noted in the article that uh, the interception he threw in the end zone was absolutely bizarre and gave you the sense that, yeah, I mean, he's been affected by this controversy, by the lack of practice. And I mean, this isn't him. One of the main criticisms, if there's any criticism of Aaron Rodgers you know, on the field, it's that maybe he is too conservative in occasionally. I mean, usually based on his play, the Packers are, are winning and are, are way ahead dominating these games. But when he needs to be a little bit more reckless, he refuses to do this. That was a, a reckless interception right after Russell Wilson had thrown an incredibly reckless interception on the previous play. So we get these kind of back-to-back 
end zone picks that help keep the score down. I mean, you watch this game and or, or you see the, the score pop up throughout the day and then you go back and watch and you're trying to figure out how a team with Aaron Rodgers, how a team with Russell Wilson managed to uh, get into this game that was 3-0 very, very late. And, you know, it, it became obvious when you watch some of these interceptions. These two teams actually did move the ball. Now, the Seahawks didn't move the ball as well as they would like. I'm sure the Packers, one of the things we've been talking about, even through the uh, sort of Rodgers controversy and, and in that Chiefs game, they were right in there because they were able to limit Kansas City. This is a very good defense that the Packers have now. That's relevant as we look forward in terms of teams playing them in fantasy. It's obviously relevant in the reality sphere. The Packers look like, again, they're going to be a Super Bowl favorite. Colin, what do you think of the Seahawks in this game? Is, is this kind of the end of the Pete Carroll Seattle dynasty. A lot of people were really ready to kind of hammer in the final nail after how bad they looked against the Packers. I think they did look bad. I think there's a lot of things like I think we can say the same with Rogers. You know, missed 10 days. You probably say that's not a huge amount, but you also, and I think we touched on this maybe last week that, you know, Devontae Adams was out previously. And there's obviously different connections that do take work and things like that. It felt like a throw almost of frustration for that Rogers interception. I think the reason that that seems so bizarre is that Rodgers really doesn't throw interceptions. Usually, you know, capped at you know between two and six a season, basically over the last five or six years. It just doesn't really happen when you see him throw an interception, particularly in the red zone. Just seems very, very unusual. I actually would probably say that the Russell Wilson one was probably equally as bad, if not worse. But I think Rodgers will get the attention based on the fact that he just rarely throws interceptions. Um, in terms of him and kind of the the situation with him not being practicing over the last couple of weeks i think very similar the same as russell wilson i know wilson has been doing his like prime time you know <laughs> play action plays before the games i don't know how much that worked out for him this week but uh in terms of the overall part i think there was rustiness there i would have to question if he's fully healed if he really should be playing um i guess they thought that you know, if they had Geno Smith, they would have no chance of winning. So maybe they were thinking it's kind of getting into must-win territory. But based on how the NFC is shaping up, they still have a lot of chance to get back into it. I just think that the team isn't really as good as a overall team as maybe people think they are. They have obviously two very good wide receivers. They have a, a very good quarterback. Running backs at the moment, I mean, it's a bit of a mixture. Defense is okay, but not great. Um, so I think the Seahawks aren't as bad as they showed this week. I think we have to give a lot of credit, and we've touched on it a couple of times, to the Packers' defense. I think at this point, we have to say they're they're pretty legit as a, a defense here moving forward. So I think the other thing to factor in, we're seeing it week in, week out, the NFL, there's a lot probably less consistency than we may have seen in previous years. We've seen the Bucks losing this past week. We've seen the, the Rams losing on Monday Night Football. We're seeing a lot of the top teams losing and i know the cardinals this past week um didn't have kyler murray didn't have deandre hopkins but they got their their doors blown off at home um to the panthers so there's a lot of things like we've seen it with the cowboys the week before we've seen it with week one with the packers getting blown out by the saints so there is some of this kind of inconsistency and unusual results so i think we let it play out another couple of weeks before we we say that they're doomed but um i i always think that the seahawks and pete carroll are always a, a tough opponent but they always kind of play up or down to the opponent they're they're playing against um you know they're always pretty close but 
this this definitely wasn't one that they're going to want to watch back too many times NFL football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find NFL tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. One of my bucket list items is certainly to head on over and see my Green Bay Packers over in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. I'm super excited to see how this season plays out for the Packers. Whether it's the Packers or any other team that you want to head and get in on the action this season, and attend a game whether it's a home game for your favorite team or it's on the road TickPick has you covered visit tickpick.com slash rotoviz to save 10 percent on your first order so if you're thinking of going to a game this season don't wait head on over get those tickets that is tickpick.com slash rotoviz we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sean, I did touch on it there just uh, before the break, but the other kind of one of the upsets of the week was the Washington football team versus the the Buccaneers, and obviously Washington getting the win there. Um, I, I it's not the way we wanted it to play out. We talk about zero RB and how injuries can affect that, and that's not the way we wanted it to play out. There was a couple of shows this offseason when we were doing drafts where I joked about the true uh, Washington quarterback being Taylor Heineke. I know we like I will will not go back to the Matt Ryan versus uh, Fitzpatrick debate, but I have to say that Heineke is showing at times here that he's you know he's he's definitely up for up for the fight anyway, and he, he has shown some impressive plays. Um, what has been your thoughts there in terms of like you know is he somebody that we can? You know, if somebody does need to stream a quarterback some of these weeks, is he somebody that we could be slotting in there? 
So I was joking that Heineke was the better bet than Brady with limited weapons. And that's even not necessarily from a fantasy perspective, but, but perhaps from a reality perspective here. One of the things that we continue to see with Brady over this little stretch of the season here with Antonio Brown out, with Rob Gronkowski out, you know, in this game, Chris Godwin probably limited by that foot injury, a little bit difficult to tell. Uh, that was a, a tiny bit mysterious as we moved through the week. And then Godwin obviously got open for a number of those little manufactured touches that they're using him for this year, as opposed to sort of the profile that he had uh, over the previous couple of seasons. And so, you know, you don't know if he's limited or if they're just choosing to use him that way. But Brady, without the full complement of stars, has been very average. So he throws an early pick in this game. The first one probably on Jalen Darden. The second one, hard to figure out what he's doing there. And that kind of reminiscent of the bad stretch he had in the middle of last season. And then, of course, the thing that happened then is they wanted to win the Super Bowl. So you're like, ah, you know, it's, that's not a big deal. It is kind of funny, though, now in 2021, last year was very easy for him because he gets this contrast with Cam Newton and an injured Cam Newton with the Patriots. And it's like, oh, you know, everything that the Patriots were doing was Tom Brady. Look at how bad they are, even with someone like Cam Newton. And now Brady is dominating with these weapons. He was right. He needed to have the players. You know, you can look at this both ways. Um, the other side of that is that Brady is no longer the type of QB who can do what Mac Jones is doing in New England, which is manage a game without all these weapons. I mean, Mac Jones has been spectacular, and you're not going to get a lot of fantasy points from him, although he did a little bit better this past week. But what he's been able to do with Jacoby Myers and Aguilar right now, Kendrick Bourne is, is kind of emerging a little bit. I was going to say he he has he has Kendrick Bourne. Don't you know he has some weapons. That's right. That's right. So you know Tom Brady maybe not the guy who can do that anymore. And so you're you're really looking now at Brown and Gronkowski coming back. It appears that they are closer. You know maybe still a week or two away. But uh, this one was interesting not only because Heineke really did outperform Brady so significantly, eight yards per attempt. He has, you know, almost nine expected points added from a reality perspective. You know, Brady up to 6.5. He has the interceptions. He has negative EPA. Uh, you know, there's also the difference here where Heineke takes a bunch of sacks. Those things are, you know, elements that Tom Brady is going to eliminate from his performance. And so, you know, you have that contrast. But Heineke is also doing it without a bunch of stars, right? They have Curtis Samuel out. They have Logan Thomas out. Antonio Gibson is very limited. Terry McLaurin left this game for a little bit. And, you know, defenses have been able to sort of take him away since he's the only guy. I mean, they have nothing else. And yet they fight for the victory. And, you know, they're, they're not winning a bunch of games. I mean, they're still an inferior team to the Buccaneers. But for Tom Brady to get that pass to Mike Evans, close the game up, have – you know, more than 10 minutes left in the game and for Washington then to embark on a drive where they convert four third downs. They have the fourth down conversion on the final play, the touchdown plunge by Antonio Gibson. And just very interesting here to look at where these two teams are and to see just, again, that competitiveness from Heineke. So we've got a guy here who probably 
isn't an NFL starter. There were a couple of throws in this one again. You know, you're worried about the arm strength, especially the arm strength within the context of some of the throws he's actually trying to make. Uh, a little bit reckless at times, but you know, it, it worked in this one. The completion percentage was there. You, know, you eliminate the turnovers. They get the long drives. They get the the plays at the key moments. And Washington, despite where they kind of are on the season. It's got to feel good to have a quarterback like that who will go out there and really compete. And again, we've mentioned from time to time that some of these very immobile pocket passers, you know, like a Tom Brady, like a Matt Ryan, you know, they're just going to be different. I mean, their competitiveness is going to come out in a different way. I mean, you can't ask them to go lunging about and diving here and there and, you know, making crazy throws because crazy throws can be the opposite of competitiveness in a situation where, you know, what you have to do is eliminate your mistakes or, or minimize your mistakes. So we can't evaluate all of these quarterbacks with the exact same criteria, but this was a cool performance from the football team. And you know, I, I tend to be rooting against the Buccaneers, especially with just the absurdity that is Leonard Fournette. I mean, he's the target leader in this game. He looks bad. You know, it, they did try and actually use Gio Bernard a couple times down by the goal line. Both of those passes went incomplete, and they immediately go back to Fournette kind of as the main guy. I don't know. I, I mean, you're, you're not playing your best players. You're losing some guys that you don't have. It's easy to root against the Buccaneers. We've talked about them kind of developing themselves as kind of this villain in the story of the 2021 season. At the same time, while I was excited for the football team, Having some of these guys on the roster, I was disappointed that they were able to kill basically the entire fourth quarter because for the Brady teams, you know, for the Chris Godwin teams, we needed some more fourth quarter points. Yeah, I agree. And but the the thing is, when you see like you're watching that game and you're like, yeah, it's coming. At some point here, it's coming. And then when they were getting down to uh, on that last kind of drive, they're getting the, the the Washington team are getting down near the goal line. You're thinking. They're probably going to settle for a field goal here, and then Brady's still going to win. <laughs> Brady's still going to win this. So I really did like um, kind of the aggressiveness, and I think it makes complete sense. I think sometimes teams kind of back out of that, and they're like, "Oh, we're afraid." But we've seen it time and time again where <laughs> you don't want to give Brady the opportunity; you need to to shut it down there. They went for the two point conversion and took a knee as well on that, just to make sure that it couldn't be returned. I believe that was the the Washington game, which was also a, an interesting and a, a very smart call there so it's nice to see some more of the the analytics plays coming in um to, to kind of factor into that sean i'm going to touch on it here we were going to touch on it um on, on the next show but you mentioned uh, the buccaneers so i think it's perfect time to fit it in um as much as we don't want to discuss it what what can we do here with ronald jones um at this point we're probably we don't want to cut him in case anything would happen to Fournette. we're just going to try and see out the season with him but at this point it seems like He's simply unplayable unless something does happen to to Fournette. He was in there for a snap where they they faked it to him, right? I mean, so if he's the play action back, then you know, get him in your lineups. As long, I think for Bruce Arians, as long as he doesn't have to touch the ball, I think Bruce is probably happy. Yeah, I mean, why just one snap? I mean, if it's just going to be a fake, it's hard to blow that fake, right? No, I mean the the situation with with Jones here is is sort of beyond the pale but yeah i mean i don't think you can drop him. i mean we saw what's happened on so many teams in the last two or three weeks where players who looked buried you know come roaring back i mean i remember joking in our road of his rookie guy summit back immediately after the draft you know about stevenson 
right? And what, what's the value in the Patriots fourth string running back when we were talking about a team that often balances these running back touches in a way that nobody ever has any value. And you've got Damian Harris, who's looked good. You've got Sony Michelle, you've got James White, and then you have Stevenson in there as sort of a middle round pick. And, you know, Travis may immediately says, you know, look, I mean, this, this guy is the guy. And when, when one of our college football experts says that, and, you know, you go back and you look at the overall situation there, and then you think about the different scenarios. So one of the things that we talk about all the time are all the ways the season could play out. And so you want really good players as the people you're stashing. A lot of times the backups are in committees and don't have the talent. And so if, if you have a starter go down, you're not going to get the points anyway. You want the Stevensons, you want the Dillons. I mean, all you have to do is look at the season that Ronald Jones had last year. Look at his you know, explosiveness and his speed compared to Leonard Fournette. Look at the touches that Fournette is getting in this offense. And it's easy to see that if Fournette were to go down, that Jones would have immediate starter value. And so I would continue to stash him as opposed to guys who will be in pure committees, even if the starter gets hurt, or guys who don't play in offenses that will deliver them to the goal line often enough. The issue with Jones, of course, is that you're probably not going to get those important receiving touches. I mean, one of the things in this game is that Fournette really was bailed out by the fact that he gets these eight receptions. And, you know, you know that your offense is broken when Leonard Fournette has eight receptions because he, throughout his career, has been a very bad receiving back now. Not a bad receiving back on the level of Adrian Peterson or a back who just can't really be incorporated like Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry, when he catches passes, he can turn them into more, but he's just never been able to be a guy who can really fit in that area. Fournette's had some decent volume as a receiver from time to time. He's one of those guys who you know, doesn't catch and get upfield. You know, his ability to do anything after the catch is very limited. And so you know, again, you kind of wonder what the Buccaneers are doing here. There seem like there are a variety of things, both with Brady and with Arians, where part of the point is just to kind of rub it in other people's faces that they can do what they want and that they're often still successful. Now, the thing about it is they often are still successful. And so they do have a team that's loaded with talent. These guys are going to come back. They're going to be a good team down the stretch. They're very likely going to be in a position where they can say, look, it all worked out and we knew what we were doing. But yeah, I mean, Ronald Jones, still there, still someone I would be trying to acquire, especially in Dynasty. I think that his long-term future is, I wouldn't say bright. I mean, this season has gone too poorly for you, for you to say that, but there is opportunity, right? And so when you're trying to put these trades together, you're not exactly even on compensation. Make sure you get Jones coming back to you in some of those leagues. It always feels like when Derrick Henry has gone through this extremely long stretch of both health and dominance, that that's inevitable to continue. It's always, it always feels like when someone has fallen to where Jones is uh, in the doghouse there for the Bucks, that that is guaranteed to continue forever. The sad thing with the NFL, because we really would like to see all these stars continue to play. You know, we don't want to lose running backs we don't want to lose receivers we don't want to lose quarterbacks and have entire teams kind of go in the tank but we're always just one play away from the value changing substantially your rosters have to be built so that you can both withstand it and benefit from it. yeah and i think um you know if you look at it now at this point of the season there's not gonna be huge fines probably the rest of the way here on waivers and you know if it is frustrating obviously having somebody like jones on the on the roster if you're kind of not able to play him pretty much at any point here but like if you think if 
anything happens for net, he is going to be the one that all the remaining uh, waiver dollars are spent on. Still would prefer to have uh, Fournette on those rosters uh, over Trey Sermon by the looks of things. He's the other one that's in on that main event roster. Um, but we're, we're starting to get some running back depth now, so it's, it's starting to be a lot more positive. Um, eventually, I will get over um, that pick uh, in the fifth round. But um, it has been a, a fun one here today, Sean, recapping what was a fun week, uh, especially for me. Hopefully, the listeners also had, had good weeks, got those Ws in their head and towards the playoffs. We will be back with two more shows this week. We will have one on Thursday. We will have one on Saturday. Of course, Sean and Ben will be coming your way as well with Stadium Bananas. We've got the flagship show with Dave Cabin and Curtis Patrick, among all the other great content that is coming out consistently on the main feed. Make sure you subscribe to both the main feed and the individual feeds. That will help us out a lot here as we continue to grow uh, the network here for Rotoviz Radio. As always, if you're looking to get yourself a Rotoviz NFL pass and get 10% off that subscription you can do so by adding the code rv radio 2021 at checkout or going to rotavis.com forward slash podcast for further information some of the information we talked about on today's show is from sean's monday piece head on over and check that out up on the website you'll also get access to all of our content and tools with that subscription so sign up today drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app and as always um you know we appreciate each and every one of those that has dropped if you have left us one a couple of months back you can always go and refresh that it does kind of jazz up the algorithm over there with itunes but that is going to do it for today's edition of the show my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to Marlin. my co-host as always is sean siegel check out all of sean's great work up on rotaviz.com and until we're back on thursday have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.